You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus' words have a strange effect. When when sinners hear him, they are drawn to Jesus. Now, do they come because he affirms them in their lifestyle of greed or lust? No. They straighten their heads to hear something that they've never heard before, and something they've never heard from the scribes, the Pharisees, or any of the other religions of the world, for that matter. Jesus tells them plainly, You are a sinner. You stand condemned. You cannot continue on as as you are. But then Jesus does something else. He fills their ears with promises of God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And before long, the tax collection booths are emptied, grudges are forgotten, and the desires of the flesh lose their charm as sinners come to sit at Jesus' feet and to dine with him at his table. Now, men who have worked their entire lives to become acceptable in God's sight see this, and they grumble under their breath and say, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Now, these men have distinguished themselves from the world. They know that they have both found and established a congregation of righteous and pure people. But then here comes Jesus to mess everything up. He doesn't leave the rabble alone in their squalor. He welcomes them. He blesses them. He eats with them. This offense of Jesus' ministry is the occasion for the two parables that we heard in our gospel lesson. And through them, Jesus is going to teach you about the members of his church and his church's ministry. And he teaches you that there is joy in heaven, not for those who are pure and righteous in themselves, but for those who have been hopelessly lost and have been found by Jesus, who bears them to repentance. Jesus begins the first parable with a really simple question, a question about shepherding. He asks, which man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Now, it's a simple question, really. And he asks it with such ease that that we would say, oh, yeah, well, of course, I'd, I'd go find the one, right? I would. But pay attention. I mean, really pay attention to what Jesus is saying. He's, he's asking if you would be willing to leave 99 perfectly healthy and fine sheep by themselves in the wilderness as you go off to seek one who is stupid enough, foolish enough to get lost. Jesus asks, which man of you? And you know that the answer must be, I would not. You know, there's losses everywhere, among livestock and even among men. Sheep get lost, so do, so do people. Not everyone cares enough to, to keep the law as I have. And so what do you do when someone stumbles into sin and gets lost in the ways of the world? Well, you leave them to their fate. They've made their choice. There's 99 other sheep who have, who have earned the shepherd's attention. So let the lost sheep tend to itself. 
Now, this, dear saints, is what I think could be called religious Darwinism. And this is what I mean. Uh, it's the thought that there is a pure congregation of sinless people who can be found upon the, this earth. It's the distinction between the church and the world that's marked off by the strength of the 99 and the weakness of the one. And so, for instance, if your brother or sister in this congregation sins against you, how do you feel more often than not? You're shocked, right? This is supposed to be a fellow Christian, and now this person has sinned against me. Who do they think they are? We think that he or she may not belong here. Or even worse, when it happens enough from so many different people, we think that this isn't a true congregation at all. It's just a bunch of sinners here. And so we go off to find another more obedient group of believers. And so we think that we'll find a church out there that has a sign on its door that says something like, hypocrites don't need to apply. And so when Jesus asks, which man of you would search out the lost sheep, you know, you know that according to the pride of your own heart, you have to answer, I, I certainly would not. But see what Jesus does. He looks right back at you, and he says, I would, and I will. He is the unthinkable shepherd who does what is madness, leaving 99 perfectly healthy sheep to find the one. And in the second story, there's a treasure of nine drachmas, but they go completely forgotten as Jesus compares himself to the woman who sweeps the floor to find it, who's obsessed with finding just one out of the ten. And in this way, Jesus promises that he is sweeping the floor of this world in search of a sinner that has slipped through the cracks. Now, you can't be found if you're not lost. And here's the irony of the 99. They're not really the shepherd's flock. These are only the ones who can consider themselves in the true flock because of their obedience to the walls of the sheep pen. That is, their obedience to the law. They don't need to be found because, as far as they can tell, they're doing just fine. They have enough nice feelings towards God, and they've done a good deed every now and then so other people can see that they're a good sheep. But I ask you this question. Who has fellowship with the shepherd? In the parable, who has the attention of the woman who is see, who's sweeping the floor? It's the lost sheep. And it's the lost coin. Now you were lost from the very moment of your conception, as David has said in Psalm 51. And also St. Paul in Ephesians chapters 2 tells us that we were born among the children of wrath. And then also in Psalm 143, we are taught to pray this. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. Let that sink in. No one, no one is righteous before God. Not the Pharisees, not the scribes, not even the members of the strictest holiness church in town. The psalmist pleads that the Lord would not enter into judgment with him because he knows he knows that he would be found a worthless and condemned sinner, an enemy of the Lord, 
who secretly fights the Lord's will and resists his commandments. And so Isaiah also teaches us to confess. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned, everyone, to his own way. Now, there are sheep out there who also refuse to believe that they're lost. Rather than fearing for their lives when they hear their, their shepherd awakening them to their plight, they make themselves comfortable in a sort of fellowship of lost sheep. And the wilderness is full of false shepherds who, who are there to comfort them in their lostness. They whisper in their ears, that they're not really lost. They've been at home the whole time. The cold night, the jagged cliffs, the sharp thorns. This is their world. This is where you belong. No one is looking for you, nor will anyone ever find you. These false shepherds will convince you that your addiction isn't hurting anyone. They'll argue that lust is natural and probably should be acted upon, that greed provides for your needs, and that your hatred is justified. In this way, they feed on the lost sheep. Now, Jesus says that he won't let them do this. Jesus says, Behold, I am against the false shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding on the sheep. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. And dear saints, you have been rescued. You have been found. Jesus, your shepherd, found you in holy baptism. And it's through that blessed washing in the name of the triune God that you were lifted up and put upon Jesus' shoulders and you were carried in, not to the flock of the 99, but into the flock of his holy Christian church. As Jesus told the whole host of heaven, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Now, as you were baptized, as you were sealed with the name of the triune God, you were separated from the lost of the world, not by your obedience, but by the Lord's mercy, by His strength, not your own. Now, here's the thing. As long as we are in this world, you continue to be surrounded by the darkness. Jesus is at this very moment carrying you, still in your baptism, upon his shoulders until you enter the gates of heaven. And so now Satan is tempting you, his baptized, to think that since Jesus has done his part once in saving you, the rest is up to you now. It's up to you by the strength of your obedience to stay upon your, your shepherd's shoulders. And so he'll tempt you to jump off those shoulders, to run back to the sheep pen of the 99 so that you can feel yourself safe and secure behind the walls of the law. And you know that this is where a lot of people get this wrong, that Jesus searches once and it's done. But no, dear saints, you have been baptized not into repentance once and then into obedience for the rest of the time. You have been baptized into daily repentance because you are still in the world and Satan still continues to hound you. And so Jesus keeps you on his shoulders as you meditate on your catechism, as you hear his 
His words of gospel promise. And as you hear from the lips of your own brothers and sisters in Christ that you are forgiven when you sin against them. Now, if you try to find your way into the flock through your renewed commitment to obedience, you'll only tighten the snares of the devil around your feet. But remember that Jesus does the unthinkable. Though you in and of yourself are worthless and nothing as a sinner, he loves you so much that he has not just turned your heart to repentance once, but he continues to do it every single day. And so your shepherd's voice to you today says not obey, but what? Repent. Repent. Not by your own strength, but by the shepherd's strength. Through his gospel. And so you're brought back to your baptism. You're lifted up by the crucified hands of Jesus. And you are given a new heart every day to love God and to love your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, dear saints, from this we learn two things, and the two things I want you to take away from the sermon today. The first is that the church upon this earth is not comprised of people who have made themselves saints by staying within the sheep pen of the law. They're the lost, the sinners, but those who have been sought and found by Christ. Yes, you do love the law, you do obey the law, But you don't do it by your own strength. It's only by the strength of your shepherd who gives you his spirit that you keep the law. Second, the ministry of the church is not directed to the righteous. It's not directed to the 99. It's always to the lost because every day we struggle with sin and we're afflicted with temptations. Righteous people don't need to be reminded of their baptism. Sinners do. Now, this leaves us in sort of a strange spot (laughs) where we know that obedience to the law is a good thing, something that Jesus wants from us. But to know also that our salvation, our standing before God in heaven, is not because of our own righteousness, but because of Christ's righteousness. Now, Now, David blends these two things together in the last verse of his psalm where he talks about obedience to the law of God almost as a gift for the sake of his being found by Christ. So listen to this and learn to pray it. This is the final verse of Psalm 119. David says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. He then prays to Jesus, Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.
We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.